A reading from the Epistle to the Colossians, chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with God, hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever is in you, earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life, but now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeking that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of its Creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Dear ones, in this desperate time, I am truly thankful to have the Word of God. To be reminded that God is at work renewing humanity through Christ. Do you remember the words we saw a couple weeks ago, as you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, continue to live in Him. Remember that? Receiving Christ is just the beginning. It's not the end, but there is a fitting end for all of us. Receiving Jesus isn't the be-all, end-all. Christ is the all. And to live in Christ and walk in Christ and love Christ and serve Christ is everything. 
There is nothing else. It's not better than everything else. There simply is nothing else. Because everything else is under the weight and the darkness of death. Fishing rods included. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. Bulging with thanksgiving, he could have said. Bursting with thanksgiving. Buzzing with thanksgiving. Overflowing with thanksgiving. Too much I hear Christians bellyache about this and that. I'm ready to hear the church give thanks for what Christ has done in public. Aren't you? Aren't you ready to see the church stand up and be unafraid and give thanks everywhere and in all circumstances, in the lines, at the stores, at the gas pump, before a judge, wherever it takes you, let your mouth be filled with words of thanks that Christ died on the cross for us. And then maybe, maybe we won't have to get up in the morning and hear about a man who shot children at a Walmart. There's a flow to this letter. It has a building process. And we're told in that process that we, not the letter, but we are moving toward a conclusion, a fitting end. A telos is the Greek word. It means the end that is intended. It means God's ultimate purpose. We are moving toward that. We are not there yet. Your salvation is not the end of all things, but a renewed creation. And everything being renewed in the image of the Creator, this is more important than us. And yet, we sit on the Word of God as if it's our pet. And break it out when it's helpful to keep other people down. But we won't open it when it's useful to change a life. How sad. We're moving towards something different. And that building process has a foundation. It's the mystery of the cross. Listen to what was said in the chapter, first chapter. For in Christ all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him God was pleased to reconcile to Himself all things. Not just David. Not just Sarah. All things. Whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of His cross. Do you hear that, dear ones? Everybody's clamoring for a way to make peace and God has already established it. Peace is possible. But it requires healing of the human heart. Because the human heart loves all those other things this book named. It loves, loves, loves violence. The writer tells us that Christ has rescued us from the power of darkness. 
transferred us into the kingdom of His Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of our sins. And I watch the church live as if that doesn't matter and I don't understand it. Poll after poll of people who profess Christ ends up with somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% of them ever witnessed to anybody. Ever tell another living soul about Jesus. Very few people in the church invite anyone to church. It's staggering, isn't it? In these pages, we're told that the the healing balm for the greatest sickness there's ever been is right before us. And we refuse to share it. Because we don't want people to look down on us. Or maybe we're afraid of what someone will think. Or maybe the truth is we're lazy. Or maybe the worst of it might be that the church has just become a big social club. And people don't care anymore for this blood stuff and crucifixion stuff and salvation stuff and sin stuff. And we just want to come together and sing Kumbaya and be at peace with each other. But there is no peace except through the cross. It's through the mystery of the cross that God is making peace with the world. There is no other peace. There is no other way. There is no law that can change the human heart. There is no Congress that will solve a problem. If we keep putting our faith in human institutions, we might as well throw it down the toilet with everything else we flush down it. The only peace available to the human family is as it has received Christ. It continues to live in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Abounding in thanksgiving for Him. And not consumed by the laundry list of our chains. Fornication. And all those horrible things that would enchain us. All the things that are sold to our children as being the way of the world. All of the lusts that they are invited to. All of the idol worship that they are invited to, the celebrity worship that they are invited to, the worship of sex that they are invited to, the worship of the human image that they are invited to. We all invite us, invite the devil into our homes and extend our hand and say, welcome, we are ashamed. We didn't bring you here before. All our friends had you in their homes. The writer tells us we can be free. We can be free. From impurity. From ruthless passion. From the evil desires that lead us astray and from greed. 
But you know, the American church has just become synonymous with greed. Because every time I turn my TV on, I hear some pastor talking about, I can have my best life yet. And God's going to bless you because you got faith. And you're blessed and highly favored, and your breakthrough is on the way. What a heaping big pile of rubbish that is. The American church is consumed with comfort. And Jesus died for me, but no, dear ones, Jesus died for the world. We have misplaced our faith. How do we get back to where this writer would have us be? To where our life abounds in thanksgiving for the cross. And for any way that we can join Jesus in suffering for our world. How do we wrestle ourselves back to not being ashamed of the cross of Jesus? I wonder, down in Charleston, when a slave was purchased out of slavery and their shackles were removed, did they reach down and put it back on and because it was more comfortable? Or who would do that? I wonder when the children of Israel left Egypt, did they turn their hearts back to Egypt? And the answer to both of those questions is yes, because freedom, true freedom, is a fearful thing. They constantly turn their hearts back to their slavery. The writer today would tell us that we don't have to do that. We can embrace the freedom that Christ offers us today. Embrace it and live in it in a fever pitch that you want other people to be free. And so he's telling us, don't pick up the chains that were on you before you received Christ. Don't pick it back up. Leave fornication and purity and all these other things on the deck of the shipboard. Leave them there. You don't need it. Rid yourself of anger and malice and all those other things that drive our hearts back into the brokenness that would look at another human being and pull a trigger. I saw where somebody implied that the only problem with what happened is that innocent people were killed. I promise you, God Almighty thinks it's a sin when anyone is killed. Because every person is created in God's image. And God desires that all people would come to salvation. And Jesus said, love your enemies. It can't be any clearer than that. But yet, when we deal with things like this, we clamor to put the chains back on and console ourselves with our greed and say, at least the economy's good. Oh, what a trap it is, dear ones. We're being called to serve the gods of this earth. and forgetting our call to proclaim the crucified Christ. Pastors are tempted to preach what people want to hear and flood their pews with more and more folks who were happy to hear a sermon that uplifted them and told them they were wonderful and didn't need to be changed. I'm on record to tell you that humanity pretty much stinks and is in dire need of a Savior. And His name is Jesus. And today He invites you to His table. 
to transform you and renew you in the image of your Creator. Not so that you can sit at home and be complacent in your salvation, but so that you can be sit here, sent from this place as a fire to burn before everyone else. A light of God's righteousness and mercy. To call others to the cross. What will we do? Will we go home and live as we always lived? Will we ignore the broken? Ignore the hurting? Ignore the person that's bullied at our schools? Ignore the person that's bullied in our workplaces? Will we ignore those who have mental health problems and feel lost in the world? Will we ignore those who have no friends because they're not cool or don't look like us? Will we ignore the people who live behind us or the people who stand on our very doorstep and ask for help? Or will we embrace the possibility that the power of God is present in the church to redeem the world? To call the world to the cross of Christ where there is new life and hope? Are we content to stay in our chains and be slaves to sin and death and pretend that we love Jesus? That question is before us, dear ones, as we come to Christ's table. As people like to say, are we serious? Don't get the book yet. Are we serious? Are we serious when we come? This is a matter of life and death. Not just for us, but for the whole world. The Christ that you meet at this table can transform you and turn you into a blowtorch of love. Can turn you into a person that recklessly gives yourself for others and looks like the face of Jesus in the world. Can we lay down our idolatry for the sake of Christ and for the sake of those who need to hear the Word of Christ? Can we let go of our greed and our desire to be right to be first. Ponder that as you come to the table today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.